Chapter Fourteen of the Carved Cupboard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Carved Cupboard by Amy Lefeuve. Chapter Fourteen: The Cousins Return. Tis sweet to hear the watchdog's honest bark, bay deep mouthed welcome as we draw near home. Tis sweet to know there is an eye will mark our coming, and look brighter when we come. Byron. Agatha, Claire, I have had an adventure. Where are you? Oh, here you are. Now listen. Elfie ran breathlessly into the house one afternoon in great excitement. She had been for a walk and had come in late for tea. Agatha was writing letters at her Davenport in the drawing-room, and Claire was still toying with her cup of tea. A book was in her lap, but her thoughts were far away. Her face still wore its sad and somewhat wistful look. Yet there was gradually dawning upon it the sense of repose and rest. Her sisters noted the old fretfulness and restlessness had gone out of her tones, and whilst Elfie wondered, Agatha rejoiced that trouble had not hardened or embittered her. Elfie threw herself into a seat, looking the picture of health and fresh young beauty. I have been to the pine woods, she began eagerly, and I was rejoicing in my solitude, and walking along through the very darkest part when I heard voices coming towards me. I wondered if it would turn out to be Major Lester and any of his friends, for I knew he had a private gate into the wood from his grounds. So, not wanting to meet anyone, I turned down a side path, and then, if you please, came plump against the very man I wanted to avoid, Major Lester himself. He quite started when he saw me, but took off his hat and tried to be civil. You know I have been introduced to him at the Millers. I apologized if I were trespassing, and then he said with a little bow, I do not wish to keep my neighbors at a distance, Miss Dane. You are welcome to use any footpath through my woods. I have no secrets on my property, I am thankful to say. I thought that rather nasty of him, for I knew he meant our cupboard, but I murmured something polite, and was just going to turn back when the voices I had heard came near, and suddenly two strange young men came down the path in front of us. You should have seen Major Lester's face. He stared as if he couldn't believe his eyes, and his hand resting on his stick trembled as if he had the palsy. Then he made a step forward. Roger, my boy, is it you, or do my eyes play me false? Before I could get away, one young man said in a most emphatic voice, and rather sternly, too, I thought, I have brought him back to you, uncle, and he will tell you for himself whether my poor father or I had any hand in his disappearance. Then I made my escape. I heard them all talking at once. Isn't it exciting? The lost ones have come back. I think they had walked from Brambleton Station, taken the shortcut through the woods. They looked as if they had roughed it, so weather-beaten and worn. This is an excitement. Agatha said, turning round from her writing. What is Alec Lester like, Elfie? Oh, I didn't notice. I hadn't time. They were both tall, broad-shouldered men in rough shooting clothes, I think. Do you think they will be paying us a visit, Agatha? I suppose Mr. Alec Lester will. And Agatha's face assumed rather an anxious expression as she remembered her charge. Where is he going to live, I wonder? said Clare. It may seem to him that we are usurpers. Do you think he knows about his father's legacy to you, Agatha? Agatha shook her head doubtfully. I don't know. I suppose his lawyer will have told him if he has been to see him. I expect he'll stay up at the hall, 
major lester would be hard-hearted indeed if he did not make him welcome after finding his long-lost son the next morning the whole village was in excitement with the news miss miller tore here and there pulling at her bonnet strings and quite incoherent in her speech the vicar is asking alec to put up with us she said meeting agatha out it is very trying for him poor fellow to find both his father and home taken from him and it's not to be expected that he would stay long at the hall and if his father hadn't died you wouldn't be where you are and i suppose we didn't misunderstand him but if he had come to church regularly he would have found us his friends and what he will do now i can't think i can't stop a minute i must see the major lester before our quarterly meeting about church expenses which takes place this afternoon at two o'clock and i have just remembered that the bed hangings of the spare room bed are at the laundry and if alec is to sleep there to-night i must superintend the cleaning of the room myself agatha smiled as she returned home and wondered if there was anything in the vicarage or parish that miss miller did not superintend early in the afternoon claire who was doing a little gardening was startled by the sudden appearance of agatha in the greatest distress of mind and quite shaken out of her usual composure oh claire whatever shall i do i have lost a most important little packet and i am dreadfully afraid it has been stolen from me what packet a small packet mr lester gave me i did not say anything about it because he did not wish me to i put it in my dressing-case which always stands on my dressing-table and i placed it in the secret drawer the drawer is empty and the paper gone i was to give it to his son when he returned and i promised to keep it safely i cannot imagine what can have become of it what shall i do i wonder how anyone could have found it it's a perfect mystery to me you must have forgotten where you put it said claire let me come and look it is quite impossible for anyone to have stolen it but claire's search was quite unsuccessful as agatha's and the latter became almost tearful in her agitation and distress mr alec lester will be sure to call and it was his father's wish that he should open the cupboard how can he do it when i have lost the directions is that all the packet contained asked claire looking relieved i had no idea you possessed the key to it how quiet you have kept it and now i will surprise you by telling you that i have found out myself the way to open that cupboard so i am quite independent of any written instructions agatha certainly was surprised and though thankful when claire related her experience to her did not feel more at ease i have been careless of my charge she said what will mr alec think of me and it is alarming to think that some one has got possession of the secret they may have opened the cupboard already for all i know or may be going to do it this very night i wonder if our maids are to be trusted perhaps jane has been tampering with my case i am sure she wouldn't you don't walk in your sleep do you agatha gave a little laugh no you know i do not i remember looking at it only a week ago and putting it carefully back again was anyone in the room when you did it no at least jane came in i remember for she startled me but she would never know what it was there was silence then agatha said more slowly it does look rather suspicious now i have remembered about jane because she has been such friends lately with major lester's valet you know she always walks home from church with him elfie was laughing about it and saying she had soon picked up a follower i don't see the connection between those two threads said claire unless you think major lester is a thief himself i don't know what i think said agatha hopelessly sitting down on a chair and looking the picture of woe 
i only know that i have lost what i promised to keep safely and i know that major lester's great desire has been to get at that cupboard we won't say anything about it to the maids claire but i will write a little note to mr alec asking him to come and see me the first thing to-morrow morning i will tell him exactly what has happened and then with your help he can open the cupboard and we shall no longer have the responsibility of it with this wise decision agatha brightened up and claire who loved nothing better than a mystery grew quite animated in discussing the matter and offering her advice elfie was taken into counsel and the three resolved to say nothing till they laid the facts before alec lester one of the maids was dispatched with a note to the hall and agatha received a polite reply from the young man saying that he hoped to call on her about eleven o'clock the next morning but agatha could get no sleep that night she was anxious and ill at ease and after tossing about in bed long after the rest of the household were deep in sleep she rose to pace her room as she sometimes did when wakeful her lips were moving in prayer and she was endeavouring as was her custom to commit her trouble to one above when she was distinctly conscious of stealthy footsteps treading the gravel path below her window it was a bright moonlit night and she had no light burning for one moment she hesitated then quietly she walked to the window which was partly open uncautiously moving the blind looked out the shadow of a man turning the corner of the house towards the study window met her gaze and agatha realized that the time had come for immediate action she was naturally a brave woman yet for an instant when she remembered they were only a houseful of women her courage faltered only for an instant her motto trust in the lord flashed like a light across her path and throwing on her dressing-gown she left her room with quiet steady steps she roused claire who slept in the next room and who full of nerves and fancies as she was delighted in any nocturnal adventure we really ought to have revolvers she said as she rapidly prepared to follow agatha downstairs what have you got in your hand a poker don't make a noise i think we shall frighten any one away without rousing the whole house claire valiantly seized both poker and tongs in her room and crept downstairs agatha led the way a candle in hand they reached the study and agatha threw open the door to her horror the french window was wide open and a man was on his knees by the cupboard a lantern on the ground he started to his feet then bewildered and utterly unprepared for their sudden intrusion dashed out on the veranda and disappeared but not before both agatha and claire had plainly recognized him it was major lester's valet agatha hastily closed the window and shutters then looked at claire who was now white and trembling this looks bad claire she said gravely this window and shutters must have been left purposely unfastened he could never have unfastened them from outside but now the danger was over claire's courage had vanished she grasped hold of agatha's arm come upstairs quick he may come back and murder us i won't stay downstairs another minute there is nothing to fear now he's gone i don't think he would dare face us after being recognized wait a minute look he has left an envelope lying by his lantern and i believe yes it is mine and in mr lester's handwriting jane must be at the bottom of this come upstairs i won't stay down here a minute longer 
and Claire fled trembling to her room. Agatha did not go up till she had made sure the windows and shutters were securely fastened, and had also been the round of the house. Then she went to Claire, who was in such a panic of fright that she persuaded her to come and share her bed. And after she had grown calmer and finally dropped asleep, Agatha lay quiet and sleepless, revolving the events of the night and praying for wisdom in dealing with the suspected Jane. The next morning, immediately after breakfast, she called into her room, and the very sight of her white trembling face proved her guilt. By dint of cross-questioning and much entreaty, Agatha was at last possessed of all information. Watson, Mr. Lester's valet, was a devoted admirer of Jane. Together they often talked over their respective master and mistress, and Watson had told her of Major Lester's unsatisfactory interview with Agatha. It's some family papers that is locked up in that there cupboard he is wild to get at, and he says he has a right to him, and so he has, for he told the gentleman who was visiting him that they would do him mischief if they got into wrong hands, and it seems that Mr. Tom told Miss Dane all about them, and gave her the secret of opening that cupboard. From this statement, Watson went on to work upon Jane's love of discovering a mystery and her insatiable curiosity, and at last led her to thoroughly search Agatha's room for any papers bearing on the subject. Quite by accident she came upon the secret drawer in the dressing-case. The fastening had become insecure, and, trembling at her audacity, Jane carried the packet to her lover, begging him to return it to her when he had possessed himself of its secret. The next move was to get her to leave the study windows unfastened, and here Jane's fortitude gave way. I know it was wicked, ma'am, but Watson, he told me it couldn't do you an injury. He wasn't a housebreaker. He, he wouldn't lay a finger on any property of yours. He only wanted to get his master what rightfully belonged to him. Major Lester, he would handsomely reward him for it, and so I did as he told me. But I never slept a wink all last night, and when I heard you go downstairs, I could have screamed out murder. I was that scared. Then Jane begged and prayed with heartfelt sobs for forgiveness, and Agatha, feeling a pity for her, told her she would not dismiss her without a character, as at first she had determined to do, but would let her stay on for the month, at the end of which time she must go as she could never keep a maid who had proved so utterly untrustworthy. Coming downstairs from this interview with a worn face and anxious heart, Agatha was met by Elfie. Mr. Lester has come, Agatha. I met him in the garden, and he is in the drawing-room waiting for you. End of chapter 14